your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Everything cool with you? Yeah. I'm riding the log. I'm doing all right. <laughs> Crying. Surfing. Yeah. <laughs> Crying. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I don't do much of that anymore ever since I uh, have sobered up. Mm-hmm. And I mean that like medication, I mean that drugs-wise, like a lot less crime in my life. It's yeah. good. <laughs> it's real good. Um, opening Opening line of dialogue... You play a lot of video games. I yeah. like. I like to. I like to talk about that. So I have to ask. All right. Uh, horror games. <laughs> you, I know you said you don't play many of them because you're usually too much of a puss. Exactly. But uh, I think it's. I, I still think it's like a line of question. Like, what's the most terrifying experience you had playing a video game? That's uh, always. That's always the the best line to start out with because I, I I don't think I've talked about it yet. So yeah. I could I could go mine. So, hands down, it's got to be the uh, Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth when you have to actually escape from Innsmouth and you're, you're in your room just trying to go to fucking bed. You're just trying to go to sleep. And <laughs> you like, got to use your room key. And then he like, hands it to you. I had a bad like, feeling about go, that guy. I'm just going to go upstairs. I'm just gonna, and it gives you like the vision. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like shit's going to go down. That guy, was there a dead body in that room? Oh, no. Yeah, you start snooping around in the back office and you see like a severed hand or some bullshit. Then I come across a fucking save point and I'm like, oh god, here we Naturally, fucking go. Yeah. And <laughs> let's fucking let's get this over with. Yeah. I'm trying to go to sleep. Then you got some fish face motherfucker trying to bang down the door. So started running across the rooftops and trying to run away. And it's I don't know if it was just some primal fear of fish people. Shout out to Alex Jones. <laughs> Fishman. Uh, Fishman. Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> Alex Jones mishmash. Fishman. Uh, but uh, it really fucking freaked me out. And I had to keep playing until I got to a certain point where they gave me a gun. And that's where I like start to like horror games. Oh, my God. Scare me enough until I'm back in the corner and then give me a gun. And then we get this started. X, X go and give it to you. <laughs> I uh, Watching Super Best Friends shout out uh, play Call of Cthulhu. I think they play seven, seven episodes of it. They don't even finish the fucking game. Um he legitimately did not get a single weapon until episode seven. And at that point it's like the farmhouse where you get the guy out of the jail. Mm -hmm. Is that the first point where you get a weapon or is there earlier? Cause I'm not, I'm I'm not, I feel like I remember getting one in the warehouse where I'm like trying to hide from people. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense because there was like a flight or flight, like description that they give the the player right. and he took the stealth option and I was just like wait can you attack here I don't know I'll I'm, always I'm go just for attacking yeah um when I when I tend to play horror games uh it's kind of a you can only be a pussy for so long before you need to muster up and get shit done and uh mm-hmm. it, if the game allows a weapon, then I just go barreling into rooms, uh, no consequences. And but sometimes it's like they give you a weapon just so you can fuck yourself up. I mean, like that's true. Alien, uh, that's Alien true. Isolation that's is a great true. example. Yeah, that Taurus is cool and all. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful gun, but it's not going to do fuck all against yeah. a, and I, I guess a xenomorph. That's that's such a fun game to talk about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> episode twenty with Gnarly Charlie. Uh, I actually watched him play that on premiere, and it's. I no no game 
has ever given me such anxiety because no yeah. game has ever been so authentic about horror. Like, if I have to play Alien Isolation, you better believe I'm playing Alien vs. Predator afterwards just so just to, like, I can be an alien. It's like a chaser. It's yeah. like just so you could calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I liked the AVP game. A lot of people. Oh, it was for a lot good. of people shit on it, but like, there's nothing like being a predator and swinging around and like mm-hmm. just knifing people without them looking. It's like, yeah, it's oh uh, man, just playing playing as a commando and trying to do a Arnold Schwarzenegger impression the entire time. I would never play as a command. Like, it, it's because to it's me, shit. Pl- yeah, to me, playing as a commando in an AVP is sort of like playing WoW or something and choosing a human warrior. Like, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> what are you doing, man? I think um, I did it for the achievements because I'm, I'm a empty shell of a human being. And it, the, well, the and humans also have, like, pretty great uh, racials in, in okay. WoW. Yeah. I mean, that. No, every, I don't know if it's changed by now, but every man for himself is fucking broken. I don't play well. Uh, I think I think you and Frowns would get along, though, because he's jerking off on those pandas all over all over the place. I feel like uh, <laughs> like a baby boomer when it comes to WoW because okay. I'm always like you know back in my day it was a real <laughs> game we you know the undead were undead the trolls were trolls and the gals were hot and I just really feel like every time I play I think about the old times and even now if I try to log back in I don't have any of the connections I used to I don't know anyone else mm-hmm. the lead Ray Jenkins times yeah and it's like. Wrath of the Lich King is sort of when people started to die off and just being in the cold in the north, in Northern, and just like not really playing with anyone else made it seem that much lonelier and colder. I was just like, man, this is... Your PC overlord status has only impressed me more and more the more you talk about. <laughs> wow. I uh, admittedly am nowhere close to making that jump and I'm probably years away from doing so, no matter how easy it is. Um, my first terrifying experience playing a video game was Resident Evil 4. Oof. And I'm 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in my friend's house. Uh, he leaves the room to go do something with his parents or to go to the bathroom or something. I don't remember. And I just remember having to play the entire intro by myself. Oh, Christ. And I'm sitting there, and I've never played a horror game before, at least not, like, like I've watched a horror game, maybe, but I've never played one. Like, I was no noob to, like, Silent Hill, but I've never touched it. I've right. just watched someone play it. And I'm sitting there, and, like, you're in the car, and the guys are doing their, like, back-and-forth jib-jab bullshit, and then... The car stops and you have to invest. You have to cross the bridge and investigate the town. And I'm just like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Starting to feel like Disco Dracula, just screaming, I don't like this and everything. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm investigating the house, and it gets to the point where you see like you, you hear people but you don't see them, and then you notice that they're burning your drivers at a fucking stake in the middle of the town, and you're just like. Well, I guess I'm glad I got out of the car. And then you hear the chainsaw rev up, and then the guy busts in through the downstairs door, and you're upstairs, and you're like, he's not going to come up here, is he? He doesn't know. He's, he comes up the stairs. and He, he tries looks, to give you a hug. He looks right at you. And, like, I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to, like, jump out of a window onto the roof and then yeah, jump on. Yeah. I died. 
and I put the controller down and I like moved myself across this floor and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I guess I was for mature. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> that's so, it's so accurate at that age. And I know frowns would give me shit if I didn't talk about Dead Space. Oh, but I, Dead Space. first time playing Dead Space, he's just like, you're going to love this. Is sci-fi monsters and I'm like, is it scary? He's like, nah. And I boot it up and I'm like, again, shitting myself. And Isaac walking around this empty shit by yourself. And then all the fucking necromorphs come out of nowhere and they're chasing you down to the fucking elevator. And you don't have shit. And it's just like, run, Isaac, run. And I'm just like, I threw the PS3 controller yeah. across the room. I was like, fuck you for making me play this frowns. I don't like you anymore. Like, dude, I'm just the mechanic. Can we not with all this shit? <laughs> like, I. I have never been so, like, mad and so angry at one of my best friends, and then give it a year's time, I turn that shit around on its head, and I love Dead Space now. I've beaten all three of the games, and mm. I, I I could beat them with my, like, hands tied behind my back. I'm almost certain I could play with, like, my dick or my mouth, and I would be <laughs> totally fucking fine. And I... I love the narrative, and I care about Isaac, and I, I hope they continue it, but Dead Space 3 was a fucking mess. See, I haven't played any of the Dead Spaces, but I appreciate it a lot, because uh, my stepdad was never much of a uh, gamer, like, at all. He actually made fun of it a lot. Okay. But Silent Hill, Dead Space, these horror games really got him into gaming in general, which meant a lot to me. Because it's a mature narrative. And not only that, when, when I was younger, he'd like to delete my Pokemon saves. So now I had what something of him, of his, to go ahead and delete. <laughs> Oh, you like you like Silent Hill, huh? Well, there goes you were fifty percent way through the game. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I uh, I'm trying to think of like all the other horror games that I've probably had like a love hate relationship with, and I think like out of all of them, Silent Hill is probably on the top of my list. I think Resident Evil's on the top of my list because mm-hmm. there's such hit or miss kind of games to, to me at least right. and I know that's not like that's not a very distinct perspective like a lot of people feel that way about certain Silent Hill and Resident Evil games like mm-hmm. Revelations was a fucking mess uh, 5 was like a downhill slope yeah people were really um, impressed with 5 6 was was not good and uh, 7 was fucking awesome so it's just like this weird up and down notion with with how they handle the games. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad they woke the fuck up. Yeah, I think PT is definitely in in respect to getting a lot of people to consider uh, narrative and first person gameplay to like kind of kickstart these franchises. Rest in peace, Silent Hills. I will never get to play you. R.I.P. Death Stranding looks pretty dope though. Stranded. The game. The game. Death. uh, Death Stranding. Oh. It's the game that uh, Kojima and uh, Guillermo del Toro and all the people that were involved with Silent Hills, Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, um, they all when when Konami dropped Silent Hills, uh, Kojima was so pissed that he left and just said, "I don't fucking do it myself." But he couldn't just. You know, the IP was already gone. He couldn't just make a Silent Hill game by himself. So he said he he did what the best thing he could do, which was make a Kojima game, Kojima to the best of his ability. So completely original narrative, all the same people that were involved. I think it's one of the 
the person who does the music is from the Silent Hill series. Like he he hopped over. Um, Guillermo del Toro, really great horror movie dude. Um, yeah, big name. Yeah, uh, what is uh, I always forget about the cockroach movie and what it's called. Oh shit! I'm gonna hate myself for forgetting it. Guillermo del Toro's like first movie mm-hmm. into the, like the foray of like big budget cinema was a movie about like cockroaches that evolved and started to imitate humans on like a large scale and start to like eat them and consume them and like just that's live. pretty fucked oh it's it's great i mean the the effects were shit because it was the 90s but it's still oh yeah but it's still crazy that someone like yelmo totoro could start with that shit mm-hmm. move on to blade and then totally do his own thing with mm-hmm. like Pan's Labyrinth, Orphanage, and Pacific Rim and shit like that. This dude, like he's he's awesome. Hellboy, yeah. awesome. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it's a shame they won't be able to finish that though. That that franchise. Um, Why is that? Kind of out of the loop. They got um they got a new team, new director, new Hellboy, new new cast. Oh, new oh what the fuck? Granted, the cast sounds awesome so far. But I mean, but no, one beats, Ron no one beats Ron Perlman, yeah. you know, and Guillermo del Toro is like his baby. It was such a, but, but, you know, we got to be, we got to give BPRD a little bit more, uh, respect. Uh, Guillermo pretty much always shat on BPRD just to make Hellboy all the much better. And BPRD in itself, uh, deserves a little bit more, uh, justification. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that, uh, it's something about vampires, so it's going to be about the BPRD facing off with vampires, and oh. it's, it's going to be cool. Um, I don't know who's directing it yet, but it has David Harbour from uh, Stranger Things playing nice. playing Hellboy, which is going to be cool. Now, this isn't really a, uh, a horror game, but it's got a lot to do with you know the horror scene, I guess. Depends on how much of a pussy you are yeah. when it comes to monsters. Big but pussy. The Vampire's Masquerade... Um, Series. Well, it's just one game, but that really needs to make a comeback. I think, especially with just the talent in the gaming industry nowadays. I've never, I've never played, never even heard of it. What's Vampire's Masquerade? Oh man, it's pretty much based in the same world of uh, World of Darkness, same okay. universe. So yeah. it's like got a lot of incredibly beautiful RPG elements to it. There's like a bunch of different vampire clans with all different kinds of abilities and powers and. It's just it brings in such so many colorful characters. And just shout out to Vampire Masquerade. It's just it's a, it's a beautiful. So what? It's like an RPG version of like Castlevania. No, more like fuck. If you had supernatural and God, that doesn't even feel accurate. It depends just, on it depends on how much of supernatural you're talking about. Yeah, because there's like there's only one kind of vampire in supernatural. But True. what I mean by like adding supernatural in there is because just there's more than just vampires. There's like geists and mummies and all sorts of crazy fucking okay. bullshit. I am a big supernatural fan, so I do I do get what you're saying. Yeah, and it's sort of like underworld meets supernatural meets oh, something else entirely. That's a good point. Underworld, you know, kind of wonder where that franchise went um okay so we've we've talked about horror games uh this is a good intro i we have a new reader here with us today uh really excited this is this is a fun this is a fun thing for me this is a treat because with me today 
uh, is the first person I could consider, like, you were a fan before you came onto the show. Like, it wasn't something, like, I didn't just, like, invite you on because we were close. It was literally just, like, we. I made the show, you inquired about it, you started to like it, and we started to talk about it so much yeah. that I was just, like... Come on the show. Like I don't I, I love having new people on. It's not like you're a stranger to me. We talked in high school. Um maybe not as much as I wish we did, but um yeah, high school was fucking stupid. It was That's stupid. as much of an excuse yeah. as we need. Um I still think this is really fucking cool. This is like a um this is like a special thing. Like having someone who was a was a fan. I would consider you a, a fan of the show. Fanboy. Yeah, right. And and now we have you on. And yeah. it's really cool and I, I think this is like the first of what I would consider many people who are probably gonna fall into the same vein. But you're the first one and it's episode fifty two and you know, we're well established at this point with uh, the varying spectrums of bullshit we cover in the creepypasta uh, lore of mm-hmm. the internet stories and uh, gotta introduce you with your your pseudonym here uh, you're choosing to go by the name Crying Hawaiian yes <laughs> so I you know okay so when I introduced Django <laughs> when I introduced Django I had to say like you are white Crying Hawaiian, <laughs> you are black. <laughs> I mean, Obama's black. He's the cryingest Hawaiian we know. That's actually very true. <laughs> crying Obama gif. Uh, I think uh, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter. But I still think it's just. It's funny how we subvert things. And I. I think if there's anything that makes the crying Hawaiian most accurate, it's the fact that you're wearing like a Hawaiian <laughs> button up. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's worth noting. Oh, yeah. And I'm totally okay with that, but I do have to ask inspiration. Well, I wear Hawaiian shirts, like, 80% of the time. And I feel like, <laughs> just by saying that, I've outed myself to the people who know me. Like, mm. they're like, oh, it's this fucking douchebag. <laughs> and that's another thing I love about... Uh, you took to this podcast so well, and you liked listening to it, that you've shared it with people, and you've put it on for people. And that's just... That's so fucking cool. And... More people need to fucking do that. More people on this fucking show need to share it with their fucking friends. Yeah, come and on, be a super fan. Like, uh, you know, you've you've been on the person who's been on this the most. I've already mentioned. I'm not gonna say his fucking name again. He doesn't deserve it, and I'm not gonna play the music. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Twelve episodes, and. He hasn't told anyone about it. Not even the girl he's talking to. And I'm hurt. Anyway, so this is Lots of Pasta. This is a podcast where we read and discuss the horrors and the creepies. And uh, we have at least one treat lined up amidst other popular treats that I've been uh, purveying, if you will, from creepypasta sites. Uh, Taking a lot of recommendations today to kind of uh, roll in crying Hawaiian into the fold of what we do here on Lots of Pasta. And um, before we before we get into the story, um, I, I would, I, I think, want to ask, your favorite, your favorite episode is either 7 or 12? Your favorite reader is definitely Sir Booberry. 
Probably. I I know for hands down my favorite episode or yeah, hands down favorite episode and story is gonna be uh, World Booth Industries just because it was just so booth, gripping. Booth World Industries. Oh shit! I'm a terrible fan. <laughs> no, uh, no, booth it's World okay. Industries. It's it's one of those short stories mm. that we we had never heard of, mm-hmm. and it just I I found it on I think Reddit No Sleep, and I was just like, okay, and we just did it, and it came out surprisingly well and I think editing it was really fun mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you enjoyed it and I'm glad it got you into this and uh, I, I always yell at Sue Booberry to come onto the show more yeah. and uh, he lives in New Jersey so that's impossible ah. at this point. Uh, friends don't let friends live in New Jersey. Yeah. We, um, but, uh, but I think I do, I still think it's great that you're a, uh, that you're a fan and uh, love having you on. Uh, hopefully, this is the first of several episodes that hopefully. that that you'll wanna that you'll wanna come back for. We'll see. We haven't gotten yeah, we'll to see the how stories yet, yeah. but let's see how it goes. And if you're into it, you know, options open. Um, the first story we're finding uh, is something you suggested. We're gonna open with a suggestion. It's nothing new. We started with Abandoned by Disney, No End House, Squidward Suicide. Um, suggestions always open to um, it beats playing the number random game uh, we have room 401 and I have to ask uh, have you read this before I've had it read to me um, so you've listened to it yeah prior. okay that makes it sound like I was tucked in with a little bear <laughs> is it scary is it's it, unsettling. It unsettling it's unsettling okay. because it involves a pretty I guess somewhat popular song from the 80s hmm. um, Watching You or Private Eyes uh, Hollow okay. Notes nice and it just changes how I feel about that song that's great ever since I like, love it's that it's just so creepy and then you actually it's listen to the fucking words yeah that's yeah. great that's great Taking inspiration from a from a song that that was probably creepy back in the eighties, and um, see, so it wasn't meant to. And there's absolutely so many not. things like that. Like um, yeah. if you play Fallout Four, that one song right behind you, baby. Yeah. I never found it creepy until the radio announcer was like, "It's actually kind of creepy." And then I started listening to the words, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, there better not be a deathclaw back there." <laughs> you fucking ghoulies coming yeah. out behind you. Um, I'm really excited to read this. Uh, do you want? Do you want to get into it? I haven't read out loud since like college. I hope I don't make it. Popcorn, really. yeah. <laughs> popcorn, crying wine. Right. <laughs> uh, room, room four hundred one from Reddit No Sleep. Room four hundred one. Franklin Waters checked in on my night audit shift. I had been working for the Pink Ridge Inn for about eight months. Originally during the evenings, but I was offered the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift after a few weeks because the previous night auditor had graduated college and moved on to a new career. It was mostly uneventful, mostly paperwork, had my fair share of walk-ins overnight, but Franklin Waters was different. He was a very particular man and had some special requests when I took down his information. Alright, so when you're writing this down, when you're writing when you're writing down my information, I want you to unzip your fly and t- and take down take down your pants and just, oh oh I'm sorry this interview is going south. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we don't do that here. <laughs> First and most importantly he explained was that he worked nights and slept during the day. As a night auditor, I understood his sentiments. 
He had a groggy look to him, as if he didn't really sleep much, let alone during the day. He had a drooping bloodshot eyes, a graying five o'clock shadow. He's wearing Hollow Oaks shirt that I commented on as a mutual fan. We struck up some polite small talk regarding their songs. His favorite was Private Eyes. Yeah, I can go for that, I quipped. He smiled for the first time during the check-in process at my joke, but it didn't last long. His second rule, no housekeeping. This wasn't so peculiar. We had a handful of long-term guests while I worked there, and a lot of them weren't comfortable with having strangers in their room while they were absent. But Franklin slept during the day, and would rather clean up after himself than be woken up by a maid at 11 in the morning. Once again, I get it. I'm a night owl, too. You know, kind of reading this as a night owl, like, I don't get to sleep until, like, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning most mm-hmm. days. Like, I miss my night job, frankly, yeah. because it's so much more in tune with my schedule. But I feel like I relate to Franklin on several levels, and I don't want to because I feel like I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) From someone who's been to a lot of weird-ass roadside motels, you don't want to relate to anyone there. (laughs) The third rule was that we were not to transfer any outside phone calls to his room or even tell someone whether he was there or not. Once again, not so strange. In fact, this was standard procedure. Guest privacy was taken very seriously by our staff, and I had no problem assuring him that his stay would be no one's business but his own. He explained that he'd recently divorced, he wanted peace from his bitch of an ex-wife. He made one exception, though. If his son called, we were to transfer the call immediately. I told him my name was Andrew. He smiled again. This time it lasted longer. Andrew is my son's name, too. He explained that he hadn't spoken to his son in over six years. Estranged. Some big fight between them that he wouldn't want to get into. Sob story. You know, just crying. I wasn't interested, but I fucking told him so anyway. (laughs) His last rule, no one could charge his credit card unless he authorized them to. He would call once a week to give us his consent, and we could hit his card for the payment then. None of his requests were out of the ordinary, so we finished up his registration, I sent him on his way. After that, I never saw that motherfucker again. (laughs) For the first two weeks, everything was fine with 401. Called back every Friday to have his credit card charged, he would ask how the night was going, Uh, he'd ask if I'd seen the game, and you know, I never really knew what game he was talking about, I don't really fucking listen to rap music. (laughs) But on the third week, he failed to call for his payment. This happens often in hotels. People forget what day it is. Guests may be low on money. Someone probably OD'd. So, Several people OD'd. <laughs> the morning staff monitor types up a friendly letter, slides it under the door. Room 401 always had their do not disturb sign posted, so management never did more than just, you know, slide a note under the door and hope to hear back soon. Most of the daytime people were a bit wary of 401 because uh, no one other than me had actually seen his ass. They never heard a peep from his room, never got calls from him, no requests to clean linens or towels. And after a while, you just assume they're a very private person or really like meth, and you forget all about them. Just, they sleep a lot. <laughs> they don't eat very much, and there's a, there's a crying you could hear from their room at wee hours in the night <laughs> about strange things they're seeing on the ceiling. After three days, Franklin still hadn't made any payment to us, and uh, talk was a buzz in the office about eviction. So that night, 
I sent out my assisting guest, will return shortly sign, and uh, made my way up to the fourth floor. It was around three in the morning. Why the f- Yeah. That's like <laughs> yeah, the worst time, no matter where you are. Let me inconvenience you with my inquiry. Yeah. So the hallways were empty at three in the morning. The corridors had been recently painted a dark shade of brown, and the old yellowing wall scones really left the whole fourth floor very dim. Hotels had always been eerie, but fascinating places to me, especially at night. You could walk from one floor to the next and never meet another soul. Never hear a sound from anyone. If you don't know any better, you might not even remember what floor you were on. I mean, they all look the same. All rooms look the same. Everything is made to be standard, uniform, repeat, repeat, repeat of a repeat. Glorious communism. Mixed that with the long, empty halls that ended at uh, closed doors, there was just something... I don't know, creepy about the place. 401 was at the very end of the hall, farthest away from the office. As I neared, if I, as I neared the room, I could hear faint music. As I drew nearer, I could make out what it was. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> X gonna deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the doors. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you got uh, stuck in my head when you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. No, I, I see private eyes, but I keep hearing it to the tune of X gonna give it to you. <laughs> private <laughs> eyes, they watch you. <laughs> they see your every move. Private eyes, they boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I got a bark in the background. It's making sense. All right, seriously now. Private eyes, they watch you. It was coming from 401. Dude was bumping. I paused at the door. I always felt awkward knocking on people's doors because I'm an awkward person. And the idea of someone living their own lives suddenly interrupted by a banging door. The do not disturb sign was still on the handle. I knocked anyway because I'm a dick. Nothing. I knocked again. Waited 30 seconds. Knocked again. Waited a minute. There was no answer, but the music kept playing. I sighed and walked back down to the office for the night. Hated being ignored. Especially when I knew someone was in the room. And by my bitch ex <laughs> I grabbed a sheet that had all the room's extension numbers on it and called 401. After a few rings, Franklin picked up. I could still hear Holland Notes' DMX remix in the background when he said, Hello. Hey, Franklin, it's Andrew down at the front desk. Hey, man, I was just letting you know your payment has been overdue for the past few days. Can I go ahead and charge your card? Oh, sure. My apologies. Franklin said. Go right ahead. I've just been so detached from the world lately, it slipped my head. Hey, no problem, man. Just remember that shit's due every Friday, alright? I haven't seen you in a while. Where, where you been hiding? Oh, I've been floating around here someplace. Any calls for me? Nah, not that I've gotten, nah. Nothing from my son? No, sir. I felt a little bad for him, because uh, he didn't say anything for a few seconds after I answered. He eventually just told me to have a nice night and hung up. Another month passed, and things went about the same. 401 would miss a payment. I'd go up to the fourth floor, hear the same-ass song playing at the end of the hall. Why are you trying to put a front up for me? I'm a spy, but I'm on your side, you see? Slip in any disguise, I still know your ass. <laughs> It's so fucking funny to me. It's like if any, if, like I know, I know. I think I think DMX just released like a Christmas album. 
after he, I think he got out of jail and released like a remix of Rudolph the Red Nose. I shit you not, like you can look this up. And he's kind of cleaned up and shit uh, ever since I imagined jail. And he, oh um, boy. And it's just really, it's hard for me to see him going near any Hollow Notes song, but this just makes sense to me. <laughs> I know, right? Just a little bit. I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus <laughs> under the mistletoe. You have no idea how accurate you are. Right uh, I would knock, no answer. I would call Franklin, and uh, he'd pick up with the music on in the background, same fucking remix. I would ask to charge his card, and he would consent. He would ask if his son had called. I'd tell him no. You kind of a shit dad. And now and then, there'd be some small talk. But one night in particular, he asked me. Andrew, why are you looking up my name on Google? And I was startled by the question, because I did. The night shift was a boring job, and, you know, sometimes out of curiosity would drive me to Googling guests that seemed a little off. I never found much, the occasional rest record, LinkedIn profile. Searching Franklin Waters hadn't turned up anything interesting either. I, I take that back. I found one thing. A police report behind a paywall and from the brief abstract information that I could access it mentioned child abuse and a case of domestic disturbance on his file. I looked at his registration card and the city and state on his ID matched the area where the report was filed. A week later 401's payment was overdue again. It had become a routine by now, and I would just ascend to the fourth floor, knock on Franklin's door, get no answer, and by this time, however, I was going frustrated with the situation. Why couldn't the motherfucker just pay his shit on time? I stood at his door and knocked longer than usual, louder than usual. After a few minutes, I swiped my master key and the door unlocked. You just you just fucked up one of his rules. He had a rule. He said never never come never come into the room. Hey that's man, a bad, that's a bad rule. You broke a rule. You know what? Well, fuck his rules. This is my hotel. <laughs> From the hours of eleven to seven, shit. <laughs> it's my country. <laughs> I gotta say, I really enjoy how you're reading this. <laughs> Putting a lot of good character into it that is not in this story. <laughs> I really enjoy what you're, what you're doing with it. <laughs> you're making this your own, and I appreciate it. Uh, I swiped my master key and the door unlocked, but when I tried to turn the handle, it was jammed. I tried a few times, to no avail. I leaned closer in to peer through the peephole, even knowing that that's not how peepholes worked. Because I'm fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And as I leaned in, the familiar Holland Oates DMX remix was going into its final verse. Looking in my private eyes, they're watching you. They see it. Ooh, they're watching you. Don't make me have to mix it. <laughs> don't make me have to. Don't make me have to create this. Oh God! It's gonna be like a Frankenstein thing. Someone's gonna hear it and be like, "Why did you do this?" And then DMX is gonna hear it and be like, "Damn, I missed it. <laughs> I missed the opportunity." Yo, who's this artist? I'm gonna jump on the track with him, baby. baby. And then. Oh. And I think then that's Charu, actually. And then our SoundCloud account soared. <laughs> That was another name I was, uh, like, playing with sort of SoundCloud Senpai, but 
I decided no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's the name. <laughs> that's definitely a name. Uh, <laughs> I can only make out a blurry illumination coming from within the room as I lean closer. I put my eyes against the lens, hoping that I wouldn't get stabbed in the fucking eyeball, <laughs> and hoping that I could see something, anything in the light. Then something moved in front of the hole for a while and blocked the light completely. I jumped the fuck back. I didn't stick around any longer, because <laughs> you know we know better. <laughs> and retreated back to the office. I didn't even call for one that night for payment. Every inch of me was rattling with adrenaline. My fingers shook. I left a note for my manager that I needed to take my vacation as soon as possible. Wow, this guy's a bitch. Yeah, he really pussied out real quick. <laughs> the next morning, my manager called, and we worked out a schedule so I'd be off for the next week. That would drain all the vacation hours I saved, but I didn't mind. I needed to get the fuck out of that hotel for a while. I took my vacation to home, drinking, hanging out with friends, burning some Chiba, Netflix, and chill. Fuck yeah. My nerves were starting to unwind, and I felt like I'd be ready to face the hotel again after much-needed rest. But on the fourth day, my manager called, and he talked very softly, and he asked how my vacation was going. He asked if I'd gone anywhere special, and I could tell by the tone of his voice, Disneyland! <laughs> nonetheless, that my time off was not what he was interested in. Well, Andrew, the reason I'm calling is about 401. Oh yeah, what about him? You missed another payment? You just have to call him sometime at night. He do sleeps during the day. No, no. You see, his credit card expired yesterday. So we slipped a letter under his door to contact us as soon as he could. But we didn't hear anything from him, so we went up to see if he was there and couldn't get in. Eventually, maintenance had to cut the lock. He was hiding in there, huh? <laughs> Capri Sun and grabbed that from the refrigerator because I'm a fucking child. <laughs> Chuckling to myself as I grabbed a Capri Sun from the refrigerator. Like who is an actual line in this story? Who? You know what? I can't judge him. I fucking love Capri Sun. I'll make yeah. that shit with vodka. It tastes real good. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm not gonna talk shit. No. My manager said. No. He was dead. I closed the fridge door slowly, staring back to the patio door. He dead? Yeah. Uh, well, we think suicide right now. We called the police out. The coroner came. We actually really need you to come down here, Andrew. When was the last time you talked to Mr. Waters? Right before I went on vacation. Well, I ain't talked to him, but I went to his room, heard him playing that bullshit-ass music. Someone was definitely moving around on the inside, but the door was jammed then, too. Andrew, listen. Uh, nice. Me. All the food in the room was spoiled. All those payment reminders we slipped under the door were just piled up. The coroner is here. He's saying that Franklin Waters must have been dead for a while. At least a month. What? What? I stammered. Uh, are you in this room right now? Are you at the hotel? No, I'm actually in my car. I'm driving over to pick you up. Is that okay? Yeah, I, I said as I hung up. I hung up as fast as I could, and I closed the curtain. I was brimming with horror. But not because of the conversation. Not because I had spoken to a dead man. But because when my manager told me that he was in his car, I heard something playing in the background. His car radio, volume turned low, playing...
Marge knew. Marge knew. I really liked that. Yeah. I really liked that. That was good. And you know, like... So much, like, left up in the air. And what's crazy about that story is... That hotel is actually, like, a haunted site. And the room itself, that specific room, 401, is, like, one of those touristy haunted hotel rooms that people go to and... Oh, so ho- someone someone made the story as, like, an inspiration based off of the room? I think so, yeah. Like I would a- like to think that a creepypasta wouldn't inspire a tourist trap. I mean, if you were smart, it wouldn't. I, I wouldn't just... If I hear a scary story about a place... It's a good point. I might go, but... Not without a priest or something. I, I I told my I told my stepdad that if we ever go to Japan, which is on my list, um, I am going to the Suicide Woods. Yeah. Yeah, man. Need to check that shit out. I haven't seen that movie yet because uh, the forest is terrible. Is no. it really? Do not watch it. See, I was trying to watch it on Netflix, and it ended up being like some Thai movie, and I'm like, this is not. No. This is not what I ordered. Uh, I will say that Marjorie from Game of Thrones is a very attractive woman. Oh yeah, she's a. Uh, but um. Definitely waifu material. Does not save the movie from being absolute bullshit. Really? Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I guess I was saved. Oh shit! The Odd Kids. I know this story. You know that one? Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not what we're reading. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I can't even. So, this next one. Uh, I mean, do do you want to talk about four hundred one a little bit, or or do you just want to like leave it at like that story was fucking cool? As much as uh, as fun as the DMX remix was, yeah. Uh, part of what drew me to the story was the fact that it's like in my mind I thought of it as the original, you know. Hollow Notes song and it's just something eerie about 80s music when played in that sort of context I I love um what's the police song Every Breath You Take yeah yeah I love that song I genuinely do but like break that song down and you got a fucking stalker that you need to yeah put a fucking restraining order on right behind <laughs> you baby <laughs> and like I, I agree like the um Private Eyes, like, mm-hmm. that that song even slowed down for, like, a horror trailer or something right. would probably be pretty killer, you know? Yeah, yeah. I really like that story, and I really appreciate the suggestion. I yeah, thought, I, I thought it was great. It's one of those that, like, really stuck out to me, and I was like, damn. Um, Odd Kids is another very good one, too. It's it's 20-some pages I've been holding on yeah. to it. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a commitment. But we will, we will get to it eventually. Um... This next story that I'm going to be reading is called Arizona from Creepypasta. Uh, I got this one from a random thread online about people talking about their favorite Creepypastas. Mm -hmm. And several people said Arizona. So I'm hoping that this lives up to whatever expectations I have. All right. For her birthday, I took my girl, Katie, to Arizona so we could stay with some friends of hers and spend a few weeks partying and getting crazy and stuff before heading back to school for the year. Because nothing is better than fucking your girl in the middle of a fucking desert state that's always 102 degrees. Everyone loves Sandy and, to be honest, it sounds a lot like Woodstock or Burning Man. Burning Man, yeah. yeah. We drove up in my dad's car. It's a really old Ford make and it's pretty beat up. The road there was bumpy and long, like our sex life. (laughs) Our relationship seemed at its strongest on the road, like our sex life. We were really in love. 
that was the first time I realized that I had never truly been in love before. We were about halfway there when we realized we were going to run out of gas long before the nearest petrol pump. Mm. Katie's head was out the window, sunglasses on, and the blistering heat outside. Nothing but the wild desert landscape to be seen in all directions. <laughs> Sounds like you're about to be fucked. We became frantic. We hadn't seen another car on the road in almost an hour. What if we broke down here, in the middle of the desert, with no food or water, with no one out there to find us? I sped up slightly, driven by these fears. You ever see Hills Have Eyes? Unfortunately, I could not get past the first trailer scene. It's just not brutal. my bag. Yeah, It's brutal. I can't do it. I'm just saying, uh, That's there, aren't, yeah. there aren't exactly going to be atomic radiation inbreds out there, but there aren't not. Yeah. Is the best thing I can say. It was then that we came across a gas station, smack bang in the middle of nowhere and dry, empty nowhere. It was an old, worn-down servo. Long yellow grass blew in the breeze beneath it. Outside were two rusted gas pumps. At first, we didn't know if it was occupied. It seemed so lifeless. But as we pulled up and saw the petrol stains in the dirt, we were convinced otherwise. Katie started refilling the car, and I went inside to pay and grab something to eat on the road. When I first went to open the door, it jammed. This perturbed me, so I looked up at the sign to check and was reassured that the store was open, according to the torn sign that hung in between the dull yellow curtains at the door window. I pushed harder and harder with effort, got into the shop. Inside it was totally abandoned and left to ruin. Complete aisles lay on the ground, the fridges were smashed and glass coated on the floor. Despite the brightness outside, the interior of the gas station was dark and bitterly cold. Then there came from behind me this quiet weeping like a child's or like a lion's. I felt my heart race. It was coming from the back room and it was coming over top of I stepped over the smashed glass and twisted metal remnants on the floor over where the patches of grass had grown through. I ran my hand along the wall and felt the crisscross of ivy beneath my fingers. It was overgrown. There came the crying again, and now I was facing the back room door. It was directly in front of me. My pineapples. <laughs> I pushed the door open and it creaked with rust in its joints. Inside there lay several wooden steps into the basement. It was pitch black and the smell was horrific. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and say fuck to the no. Yeah, like why the fuck would you go down there? Why the fuck would you even look into the abyss? Crying abyss. It, it, The drip drop of water alerted me to the fact that the basement was flooded. The water was up to my knees. Again, there came the crying and a small splash in the far corner of the basement. Hello? I called out. Is anyone there? I started approaching the corner. The smell was horrible and the cold water eventually got to me. The sobbing was getting louder. In the corner, I swore I saw something move amongst the shadows. Hello? I called again. What's wrong? I finally reached the corner. Still dark, I had to bend down to avoid the pipes, which leaked down my back and trickled down my spine. It felt fucking nice. The figure in front of me was very small and black. Very small and black. It was a small black person. Hunched over, hunched over, sobbing quietly, head in its hands. 
Why are you down here? I whispered. Then it stopped moving completely. It was totally still. All noise seemed to cease, but for the quiet dripping of a broken pipe somewhere behind me. I outstretched my arm to touch its tiny shoulder, small Ethiopian shoulder, but it then began to slowly turn in my direction to look me eye to eye. As its face swiveled around to look into mine, I remember screaming and swinging my head up in recoil, cracking on the pipes above. The face was white as a sheet, pale like a hideous moving mask. The eyes and mouth were completely black holes, huge and widening even as I looked at them. They were so huge they almost consumed its entire face. As I desperately tried to escape, it splashed towards me at a rapid speed, uncurling its long, thin fingers. It was wailing now, staring into me with its huge black eyes, and as I scrabbled up the stairs with great difficulty, as it felt my legs begin to give way beneath me. It sprinted out of the water and up the stairs towards me. I slammed the door, flipped the lock, and tore out of the store into the old Ford. Katie began to laugh when she saw me, jeans wet, trembling with sweat soaking my chest, and I grabbed her and screamed at her to drive. For about a half an hour, I could barely tell her what happened in the store. She listened and gave me a look of sheer horror when I finally gave in and told her everything. She pulled the car to the side of the road and began to cry herself. I asked her what was wrong. She said, I saw something while you were gone. When you were in the store, I was just putting the pump back, and I saw this little girl. And a father, I guess, a man. The father stared at me with black eyes and a hanging jaw, but the girl, oh God, the girl, she was staring right back at me, grinning with this huge smile that she had stretched so far across the face. I couldn't see any hair on her. She had skin that was so dark. Not, not dark like a colored girl. Wow, colored girl. <laughs> but dark like a shadow. And her smile just shone through a window. I convinced myself it was a trick of the eye and I looked away. But when I looked back, they was gone. Then a little while later you came back out so I laughed at your ass. I love your voice, honey. Tell me, talk dirty to me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Where'd you pull that voice from? I don't know, it's just that. It's like a song in my heart I had to let it out. Great. Fantastic. It was dusk by now. We had nowhere to stay. You have a car, come on. Yeah, for real. We had not traveled nearly as much as we hoped to that day, and the nearest motel meant going back past the gas station. So we just drove up from the roadside where we were into the clearing a little way up where people camped sometimes. We had obviously come into night after a big party. There was broken glass everywhere. When we arrived, however, it was empty. After a while, I tried to reassure her that we were okay. I calmed her down, put my arms around her, and we started to kiss. I moved to get closer to her when she suddenly screamed like hell itself. It's her! It's her! She screeched, fumbling to start up the engine. I turned in time to witness a small black face grinning literally ear to ear with only darkness inside. It was crawling into the car through my open window with its limbs splayed out like an insect. It had too many limbs with too many long arms, the fingers feeling my face like antenna, antennae. We sped off back down onto the road. With her still in the window or just... Was she not in the... Okay. Back on the road, nothing seemed right. 
there were no stars. I mean... Oh, shit. Greenhouse gases and... Dude, you're in the middle of... Uh, the atmosphere. It's like, of Amazon. I mean, uh, if you don't see any stars... Global warming is a thing. I'm sorry. No amount of global warming can make it like Kingdom Hearts, man. Stars would just like fall out the sky. <laughs> that was what I noticed first. I was too shaken to think much of it, but there were no clouds that could be blotting them out. There was just the vast night sky devoid of all light. Then a few minutes after we had been driving forward, still sweating and breathing heavily, we passed the gas station. My heart skipped a beat. The gas station was at least a half hour away in the opposite direction. All the lights were on and I saw the door sliding open. As we shot past it, Katie was in such hysterics she found it hard to keep driving. We stopped the car in the middle of the desolate road. I decided we should switch seats so that I could drive. She shuffled across her, her seat to mine, and I opened the door to get out. As soon as I was outside, the foul stench of the basement overwhelmed me. I gagged, then vomited down the side of the car. Lightweight. It was then that I noticed the runner, a pale white thing sprinting towards us through the fog, its limbs practically a blur. I can make out no face how long had it been following us, running after us in the night. I got into the driver's seat as quickly as possible. We drove off again, not talking. Katie whimpered, and I silently prayed. Then we passed the gas station again. The door was open now. There were two figures standing at the door, waiting. As we forced ourselves on, we both became aware of a soft, barely audible weeping in the back seats. Neither of us dared turn around. Ignore it, I whispered, my trembling hands gripping the steering wheel. Katie was curled in the fetal position, holding her head in her hands. The wailing increased, becoming extremely loud, ear-piercing and horrific. Finally, I ordered myself to end it and looked behind me. For a split second, I thought it was a girl in a white dress looking back up at me. But she was gone as soon as she appeared. I checked the seats carefully and there was nothing. In my tiredness and fear, I had completely lost track of the road. I drove on and all through the night, Katie whimpered. I touched her once, but she screamed. Oh, Lord! I never tried again after that. The noises from the back seat started up again. We passed the gas station twice more. The people at the door were closer and clearer every time. The finest slither of red light had begun to settle on the horizon. It was still dark as hell, but at least I was able to see the road ahead of me now. Katie had been silent, face concealed under her hands for some time. I decided to check the time, so I turned on the radio. At first, there was only static. Instead of time or anything at all, the digital clock simply appeared black. I fiddled with the dial, trying to change the station. In between the static, I found only one audible channel. It had a high-pitched buzz in the background. UVB-76. A man was muttering names and numbers under his breath. Oh, shit. 29, Lucy. 30, Adam. 31, Katie. I switched back to static. I knew which name was next. When we got to Katie's friend's house, it was morning. It was overcast and everywhere had the smell of rain on it. Her friends weren't home. Katie's friends lived way out in the country with no one else around in a mile. The grass was climbing the walls outside. How long have they been out? As soon as we were inside, Katie started whimpering again. I realized that while she had been silent, she was biting on her lip. Blood was trickling down her chin, and the skin around her mouth was torn and chewed through. 
She grabbed the newspaper and some masking tape off the table and began blocking out the windows. After the night events, I didn't know whether I would be insane to join her or stop her. I simply watched. She covered the windows, jammed the door, and turned the lights off. For some time, it could have been minutes or hours, we sat silent in the dark. I offered to turn the television on. Kitty said nothing, sitting blank and comatose. I turned the television on anyway. It was a rerun of Family Matters. What? Really? That's lucky as fuck. <laughs> Wait, no. That's Full House. It, it, that's Full House, yeah. Fuck. A grainy black and white image flickered to life before us. A white face with empty eyes and an impossibly huge smile flashed up. The smile growing wider and wider the longer we stared into it. Damn it, Urkel. There came the sound. Oh, jeez. There came the sound of weeping from the television or in the house. (laughs) I couldn't tell. We turned off the TV. It's been three whole days now. I haven't seen Katie at all today. She spends her time in the closet crying like Tom Cruise. Mm. I once tore the door open and screamed at her. She screamed back, her face contorting into something grotesque and inhuman, and I slammed it in her face. Jesus. The phone rings often. A voice, my mother's, I believe, whispering under its breath, I can only catch snippets of what it says. Come back. You're always welcome to come back. Sometimes in the background, I hear a quiet chuckling. I hang up without saying a thing, usually. The bathroom is shining white. I hear the shower running and will walk in to find nothing, nothing at all. Then when I'm in the bathroom, I will hear the television flick back on. It always goes to the face. In the background, there are muttering voices now. I've called the police twice. All I get is a whispering woman's voice. I called Katie's friends, too, just as fruitlessly. There are knocks at the door a lot now. Through the newspaper on the other side of the window, I see their hands slam against the glass and slide down. They do this for hours on end sometimes. They press their eyes up to the glass through the holes in the newspaper. At night, we hear screaming from the guest room. I boarded it up. Sometimes I find tiny pieces of glass on the ground. A leak sprang up about a day ago in the room downstairs. Black spots of mold have appeared on the walls. There's a smell throughout the house seeping from my room, the odor of decay. I pray, I pray hopelessly, and I wish, I swear to God, I wish that I had never gotten out of that car. Oh my God, and I pray, I pray to single day forever lose that just sounds fucking terrifying, dude. Fuck Arizona! With all the weird shit I hear about Arizona, like, I mean, between this and I guess Welcome to the Night Vale is the only other thing. <laughs> I love Welcome to the Night Vale. Dude, that is just, not only is it pretty awesome, but it's just such a great source of music and is that a pokemon it is a pokemon what is this is this a lavender town story no we read that one oh yeah you guys did didn't you that one's called uh jessica and apparently it's really good pokemon creepy pasta i don't know if you know this about me but it's hard to um, it's hard to imagine there being a good pokemon creepy pasta yeah i don't know if you know this about me but i I play pokemon competitively like i I fucking love i used to play the trading card game competitively oh yeah right on we used to go to tournaments all over Philly. I, uh, a buddy of mine, I was 
I couldn't go to this tournament, but I trained a buddy of mine to go to uh, last year's regionals. And I guess out of 193 places, he made like 63. And it was his first time even Fuck picking yeah. up the game. And I'm like, I am Miyagi-san. <laughs> I went to regionals for the uh, card-playing game, and I had to mm-hmm. have gotten something terrible. I I, I forgot who, who swamped me, but my deck was... I was one turn away from winning. One mm. fucking Ugh. turn. It's one of those where it's like... Uh, I couldn't get out my tank, uh, gotcha. and, uh, and the dude just steamrolled me. I was like one turn away from getting it. I had like an evolution card somewhere. I think nowadays I do uh, love the games. I know mm-hmm. the games very well, and um, I'm one of the. Uh, I think Sun and Moon is the first time I haven't picked up a game. Sun and Moon's got so much fucking dialogue, dude. If it wasn't for VGA, who would I would I didn't love X and Y, and then mm. and then my uh, 3DS was stolen, and I just haven't <sighs> been able to pick it back up. So degenerates. I know degenerates like that belong on the cross. I it's heartbreaking. I don't even like to talk about it that much. Yeah, it upsets I'm, I'm, me. I'll pray for you. I'm. I'm never. I'm. I still have all my games. I still have my DS, uh-huh. and part of me tells myself that one day I'll rebuy whatever handheld they have at the time but the truth is like I'm too broke right now yeah. and by the time I do have enough money to buy one it's going to be a new console and I'm, and none of the games are going to be relevant anymore but I, you know the, the kicker is is it was a Club Nintendo limited edition case mm-hmm. um, and the case held games and I had six of the best games in the case as well Oof. as as well as the 3DS, which was a launch 3DS, right? Um, with the cable in the case, everything was in there, and the six games that were in there were Star Fox 3DS, Smash Bros 3DS, Mario Kart 3DS, Elite Beat Agents, nice Pokemon Y, another regular DS game that I can't mm. think of. The Monster Hunter is a beautiful <laughs> Nintendo game. I like my song. I fucking do. Okay, uh, we're going to close out the episode with an unsettling story because I love unsettling stories, and this one's title definitely caught mm. me based off of the last story we read. And we've been kind of doing this, like, motel roadside thing. Yeah. Um, this episode, which is cool. Very fitting. Um, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I've, I Hitchhiking fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some other people get picked up more, but I, I had to try really hard to get picked up, and it's like... Only worked out when I had a dog with me. Yeah. So it's like... They cared about the dog. Yeah. Which is like, doesn't make sense because if safety's your concern, wouldn't a dog mean more of a threat? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know what... Even now to this day, like I, I still have like little habits that come from hitching that even if I'm sitting in my mother's car or someone that I know very well in their car, I keep my backpack like right in front of me. Absolutely. And people are looking at me and sometimes they were... I just feel like someone's like kind of questioning. I'm like, oh, I don't need to put it in front of me, but I just I feel more comfortable. I'm comfortable this way. So this unsettling story is called the reason I don't pick up <laughs> the reason I don't pick up hitchhikers anymore is also the same reason why I need a new car. Also, fuck Jack Kerouac. Yeah, uh, the the unsettling stories have this way of having like a relatively long title that mm. somehow gets subverted and turned around, and it makes sense at the end of the story. Mm. Keep in mind, I'd never been considered giving a ride to a stranger before. All my life, I'd been told that's how you get killed. 
Only crazies hitchhike, they'd say. They'll cut your throat and steal your car, and you'll be dead in the ditch. I didn't want to die in a ditch, and I liked my car. But after I'd left the gas station and I saw the poor guy sitting in the gutter on the I-95 on-ramp, shit. Home, home feels. Yeah. Feebly holding out his thumb, I made my choice. I'd be a good Samaritan. I've actually been in this exact position. Yeah. I've been getting onto I-95 mm-hmm. to go home from class, and I have seen hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and only once did I pick someone up. Yeah. The only person I've ever picked up hitchhiking was a crippled person. Mm. And it's just because I, that hurt to, yeah. to see. Um, and it was very hard to get him in my car. Mm-hmm. And he literally only lived like five minutes away, so it wasn't a huge deal. Mm. Um, but it broke my fucking heart seeing him there. But I've seen a lot of hitchhikers in Philly. So Yeah, it's like a huge... Uh, no there's a has, hop out there. I no mean, one, if, they, if they don't need it, no one has cars. Yeah. Well, it's also like a, you know... Train pop out spot. Uh, yeah, I, I also had the regional pass. The storm in the distance looked pretty threatening. If I let that guy sit there, he'd have to bear the brunt of it. From the looks of him, he didn't appear to be able to bear much at all. I pulled over to the side and rolled down the window. Where are you looking to go? I asked him. Baltimore, he replied. His voice was stronger than his sickly body had suggested, and that gave me pause. I looked him over again. Dirty jeans, baggy red t-shirt, no bag, no bulges in his pockets, or his pants. No bag's a fucking red flag. I sighed. I can get you as far as Philly. He nodded. Hop in. I told him, unlocking the door. And he hopped. I'm Colin. I said. Frank. We didn't talk much for the first few miles, aside from me asking if he wanted some of the Fritos I had left in my lunch stop in Rhode Island. He took them and crunched away as I drove. He caught me studying him out of the corner of my eye a few times, but he didn't say anything. As the miles ticked away and the rain started hitting the windshield, Frank fell asleep. The open bag of Fritos was on his lap. I wanted a couple, but didn't want him to wake up thinking I was trying to grab his dick. The truth is, I was trying to grab his dick. I had absolutely... This is not Frown's narrating this story. I had absolutely no interest in his dick. Frank snored like an orgasming Pratt and Whitney jet engine. In the confines of the car, since I had to close the windows once the rain started, I noticed Frank had an unpleasant odor. Nothing overwhelming, but still obvious. Over his snore, his stomach growled and burbled. Gross, I thought. Lightning flashed, and wind buffeted the side of the car. The traffic ahead of us slowed to a crawl. One of the annoying things about my car is the climate control only works properly when the car is moving. God knows why. The air conditioning we were enjoying up to that point cut out and the hot air started to blow out of the vents and the windshield began to fog up. I cracked my window, hoping the outside air might clear the windshield, and it did a bit, but visibility was terrible. The rain was heavy and my wipers weren't doing a good job. All I could see was a fog and the brake lights of the car stopped in front of me. Frank's stomach kept gurgling and I looked over. He was awake staring straight ahead. You okay, buddy? I asked. No response. He just stared at the fog-shrouded glass of the windshield. The smell I'd noticed before had intensified. Hey, Frank, what's going on? You sick? Still nothing. Thick, humid air poured from the car's vents despite the AC being set to max. Rain and small chunks of hail pelted the choked highway. 
Frank retched. <laughs> Shit, I said, and I frantically reached in the back seat for a bag or a bucket or anything that might catch what I thought was about to come blasting out of my companion. My hand settled on one of the canvas shopping bags I used at Whole Foods. God damn it, I mumbled as I placed my favorite shopping bag on Frank's lap. He moaned and turned to look at me, his eyes swimming back and forth with what I knew had to be intense nausea. Frank, please, open the door and puke on the side of the road, or at least use the bag. I'm, I, I, I'm begging you. More silence punctuated by gurgling and retching. A boom of thunder caused us both to jump. For Frank, that was all it took. He didn't open the door. I didn't aim for the bag. A heavy wave of yellow vomit exploded out of his mouth and splashed against the windshield, and I screamed. Another projectile torrent erupted from the man, dousing the ceiling, the dashboard, and the center console. Get out! I shrieked, the smell of my stomach contents invading my nose and threatening to force my own contribution to the mess. Frank sat back with his head down, pasty slime drooling from his mouth into the Fritos bag in his lap. Cars behind me were leaning on their horns. The traffic in front of me cleared up. I poked at the hideousness of the console to turn on my emergency blinkers, then steered onto the median. On my right, I heard Frank choking. I got out of the car and stood in the rain watching him. If you told me the following 30 seconds actually had lasted three hours, I would have told you they were way off. It felt like a day. Frank's throat bulged as something was forced upward and into his mouth. I saw the something a second later. A colossal, writhing centipede as thick as my wrist began sliding out, its passage eased by the vile lubrication from minutes before. Inch after inch, foot after foot, crawled out until it was free and it skittered under the passenger seat. I'd already dialed the 9 in 911 when the solid matter entombed his vomit began to move. Frank groaned, and I distinctly heard him mutter, Not again, as the rank soaked me. I watched as small centipedes crawled through the sludge all over the car, leaving trails as they went. My dialing complete, I waited through seven rings before a dispatcher answered. As I told her about the medical emergency and tried to estimate where we were on the interstate, Frank abruptly opened the passenger side door and stood on the side of the highway. He was gripping another massive centipede and pulling it out of his throat. I watched it bite his hand over and over until its two-foot length was exposed. Frank flung it into the dirt. Sorry about your car, man. Frank called over the sound of the rain and traffic. I haven't had an episode like that since I was a kid, man. I was speechless. I just looked at him as he walked down the side of the median, the torrential rain washing his clothes of the filth and bugs. And as centipedes crawled throughout my car and ropes of stomach contests dripping from the ceiling, Frank struck out his thumb to flag down another potential ride to Baltimore. Have you seen this photo of, like, a car covered in slime and, like, I don't know if they were, like, eels? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there were eels. Like, some truck was transporting eels and it crashed <laughs> and it got their car covered in slime and eels. <laughs> I hadn't it. seen that, but that oh. seems like something I would want to see. You should look that up because that's exactly what I'm imagining. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, fuck. But the eels have legs, obviously. And it's a lot more gross. It's <laughs> hilarious. I mean, I, yeah, for us. Something about unsettling stories and centipedes. Just a call back to episode 13, my dick mm. hurts. Something about oh. fucking unsettling stories and centipedes. I don't fucking get it. Like, I guess they're kind of creepy. Most of them are They're beyond pointless. creepy, dude. They're fucking yeah, horrible. You think so? Yeah, they've they got like, so many legs and fucking bodies are all... 
And you can never tell if it's a centipede worms, or a millipede. They're in my worms opinion. with legs. There's nothing creepy about that shit. I I don't like. I don't like. I worms. guess like I'm I like living in this basement dealing with fucking creepy crawlies all the time. Like mm-hmm. I I think I kill a spider every day, and I think I've seen the same house centipede like four times. Oh, he's your roommate. Yeah. Ever since uh, when did I bring him up? No, I didn't bring him up. I just I, I put it on Facebook. There was a house centipede that fell from my ceiling board oh, one shit, day, nice. like legit onto me, and I cried. And uh, I'm not Hawaiian, but I <laughs> I, I I didn't kill it. Uh-huh. I, I I actually I felt bad for it because mm. it's obvious it didn't want to be anywhere near me. Right. So I I picked it up with a container, and I put it in my boiler room. Next day, I fucking see it crawling through my fucking bedroom, and I'm like, okay, outside. Last week, it's probably a different bug, but I went into my garage, and I fucking found one, and I was like... It's not a different one. It's just like, bro, what, we all look the same? What's (laughs) up, dude? Right? And I, part of me is just like, I can't kill this thing. They kill kill a lot of bugs, house centipedes. They actually kill a lot of spiders. That's cool. They kill a lot of, like, potentially harmful insects. And they don't do shit to humans, right. except look fucking ugly. So there's nothing to really hold against okay. it. Um, Might be worth making like a defensive pact with the centipedes. The funny centipede thing is, king. is that in Japan they're actually pets that people like let free in, like house centipedes free in their house because they they pest control. So like while someone's at work, they'll like open this container with like two house centipedes and let them crawl around the fucking house mm. and when they get back they put like a spray or like a scent on the mm. floor and they come right to it and he captures them again they call them like um that's actually i want to say idea. they call them like geji geji or something like that like house centipedes over there they sell them in fucking pet stores the japanese wow. are fucking weird but i mean i get it at yeah least, yeah at that, least they that, have a purpose that makes know? a sense a if if hornets over there are the size of your fucking thumb then i yeah. guess it makes sense oh, that you God. would have that you would have insects doing your dirty work. Giant bugs are like just bugs in general are like one of the main reasons in my mind for having lasers. Lasers. Yeah. We need more lasers. Like very powerful, just bug frying lasers. And it's it's so sad because like the bugs we do need in the ecosystem are totally fucking dying, and yeah. all the fucking pointless, harmful asshole insects are yeah. multiplying. Because the cool ones are dying. The cool ones are actually being killed by the assholes. Insects. I usually don't like bugs. I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to anything that stings. I've never been stung, so I mean, I can't really... I don't know. Eventually, I might find out. Um, I got stung in the neck by a bee once. That fucking sucked. Yeah. Had to get the fucking stinger pulled out. Mm -hmm. Not fun. I mean, I have a lot of tattoos, so I'd like to think that it's something along those lines. See, I have no tattoos, so I can't... It's a needle being repeatedly put in your skin. But you're expecting it. As a matter of fact, you're almost wanting it. Well, not almost. You are wanting you it. You fucking paid it. for it. You paid a lot of money for yeah. it. Yeah, so... That makes sense. That's a good point. I guess if I wasn't expecting it, being stopped with something would not be great. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. I'm not sure if you wanted to talk about that. No. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> We'll just gloss over the whole being stabbed thing. Um, I th- we do like to talk about like modern day horror, but like yeah. you've been through some shit, man. Yeah. And and I I'm glad you're here. Me too. <laughs> Sometimes 
I mean, there are times where I have to be an adult and shit, and I'm like, really, dude? You were like right on the on the doorstep. You could have just left and not had to file your taxes this year. Um. So this was lots of pots. Uh. uh lots of lots of pot pots. Lots of. We didn't do a preface. I hope you were high this entire time. I really do, because <laughs> neither of us can be. It's what's life. When is medical going to be approved in this state? No one knows. The yeah. future will find out. Next time <laughs> on, on lots, lots of, of pasta balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how'd you feel about this episode? How'd you feel about recording for the first time? Uh, it was very strange. I've never recorded like myself before, except for like short YouTube videos and shit. I don't have a horrible. Well, I don't have like a horrible reading skill. I think, but no, absolutely not. Part of my mind was like, oh god, don't Mayweather this. Like really, like <laughs> you didn't for for evidence. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I've never been on. A show that I've listened to or, like, consumed before. This is a very new experience. Awesome. Pretty awesome. Cool. Well, I'm glad you had a fun time. Uh, you did a really good job. I'd love to have you back whenever you want. Whenever you're in town, you just let right me know. I hope everyone else enjoyed the stories. Uh, I enjoyed the stories. I thought they were cool. Um, Arizona was a little disappointing. I think it's because I had expectations. I did expect it to be like a little bit more. Um, we read a story in 28, I think, where it's like gas stations and time loops and shit. Yeah. And I kind of wish it stuck to more of that, mm-hmm. where like they keep going past the same gas station. There's a movie that does that, and I can't remember the fucking name, but it's about like reapers following people. Oof. And they like see them and they keep reliving the moment of their death, and I just forget what it's called. Um, very cool stuff, though. Um, I, I, I did enjoy all the stories we read. Unsettling stories are always fun, and I loved 401. I thought that was great, and that yeah. was a lot of fun to read. So I hope everyone else had a really fun time. Um, is there anything you want to add before we sign off? Senpai will no longer notice you, so sorry. Keep on sighing, keep on crying. <laughs> Get more